Section 77 of India, Persia, Mesopotamia, and Palestine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090, California, United States of America. The World Story, Volume 2, India, Persia, Mesopotamia, and Palestine. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section number 77, New Year's Calls and Gifts, 1895, by Samuel G. Wilson. The Persians are eminently a social people. They are vivacious and entertaining, fond of jokes and storytelling, and ready in repartee. They are given to visiting and feasting. This is remarkable, since the great bond of society with us is entirely wanting. The social intercourse of men and women is not permitted, and the idea of it shocks their sense of propriety. Men visit with men, women with women. Dancing amazes them beyond measure, and seems in a modest license and a perversion of liberty. The Persians are a polite people. They have elaborate rules of etiquette, and many set phrases and compliments suitable for every occasion. Visits are made at the festivals, both for congratulation and condolence, and often for the transaction of business. The physician is honored with an hour's social chat before the ailments of the caller in are mentioned. He is expected in return to make himself comfortable in the parlor for a prolonged tea-drinking before being inducted into the sick-room. Time is of little value. Social calls are often three or four hours' duration. The greatest social event in Persia is the festival of the New Year or Noriz. It commemorates the entrance of the sun into the sign of Aries at the vernal equinox. It is the most fitting and beautiful time for the new year than the sacred year of the Jews and of some European nations began. March 25th was the first day of the year in Scotland until 1600, and in England until 1752. At this season, Persia, throughout most of its borders, begins to put on its robe of verdure, flowers begin to bloom, and the farmer takes up his work in the fields. Some Persians affirm that the world began to move in its orbit on that day. Others place the origin of the festival in the time of Jemshid, the founder of Persepolis. He introduced the solar year, and celebrated its first day as a splendid festival. The sculptured procession on the great staircase at Persepolis is supposed to represent the bringing of presents from the various provinces of Noruz. This is the only festival of ancient Persia that has not been displaced by the sacred seasons of Mohammedanism. The Persians never fail to enter into its enjoyment, except when the movable lunar calendar of Islam brings some religious ceremony at the same time. From 1893 to 1896, Noruz falls in the great fast of Ramadan. The festivities with which ancient kings celebrated it are curiously described in the Arabian Nights, in the Enchanted Horse. In the introduction to this story, it is said, Noriz, or the New Day, is a festival so solemn and so ancient throughout the whole extent of Persia, taking its origin even from the earliest period of idolatry, that the holy religion of the prophet, pure and unsullied as it is, has been here thorough, unable to abolish it although it must be confessed that it is a custom completely pagan, and that the ceremonies observed in its solemnization are of the most superstitious nature. Not to mention large cities, there is no town, borough, village, or hamlet, however small, where the festival is not celebrated with extraordinary rejoicings. 
those that take place at court surpass all others by the variety of new and surprising spectacles so that nothing that is attempted in other parts of the world can approach or be compared with this sumptuous magnificence a thousand years after Hiran al rashid the festival still holds its place to an outside observer its ceremonies do not seem as pagan as some of those connected with shiism prior to the festival of noriz the dervish pitches his white tent before the door of some nobleman and sits there and yells yahak o truth until his claims to charity are satisfied the letter-carrier presents himself to receive an anam the cook expects a new coat the mirza and even the physician are remembered by their patrons and the alderman receives goodly donations from his constituents during the last week of the old year the bazaars are profusely decorated gay cloths carpets and shawls are exhibited in the shops pictures mirrors mottoes bunting and embroideries are hung up arches are constructed spanning the streets with pendant ornaments villagers crowd in front of the open shops and groups of boys stroll about to see the sights every one buys a collection of nuts raisins figs dates dried apricots grape juice paste etc these fruits must be of seven kinds the name of each beginning with the letter s the collection is called the yeti livin many send to their friends a plateful with the compliments of the season the last wednesday called akir shakar shenba is a gala day it is the children's festival but the whole population is ready for a frolic clowns in fantastic costumes and ludicrous masks and strolling minstrels with tambourines and cymbals and leading a monkey perform and collect shahis boys crowd the streets and women gather on the housetops to see the shows schoolboys enter into the spirit of the day and make a mock visit to their principal one of them arrayed like a kurdish sheik in long flowing robes great turban and a cotton beard and with attendants armed like kurds but with canes for swords presents himself and declares that a fine has been levied upon the school he receives a present and they all go off to expend it on some of the good things in the bazaars as the great day approaches every man says to himself well to-morrow is nora's i must get my head shaved go to the bath dye my hands nails and beard with henna put on a clean school cap and see if the tailor has my new coat ready i must buy some sugar and tea tobacco and candy and then i shall be ready for all comers in the capital the festival is ushered in and celebrated with elaborate ceremonies by the shah and his court the crown prince in tabriz keeps the day with similar rejoicings at the astronomical termination of the year a tray of the seven fruits is brought before the prince some of these are eaten incense is burned according to a custom of the fire worshippers one hundred and ten guns are fired off with reference to ali who is said to have been named successor to mohammed on this day consuls nobles and high officials clothed in their uniforms and decorations pay their solemn to his highness and partake of a feast luck money coined with the name of the shah is distributed to all some of these gold and silver tokens are sent to the mojtahid and other ecclesiastics they presage a fortunate year for the recipient because the king thus indicates his royal favor after the salam there is a military review in the medan or public square the trumpet is sounded the officers on their gaily caparisoned horses present themselves with their companies each soldier receives a token of fourteen shahis in value 
after the review wrestling contests and ram fights enliven the scene in some villages buffalo fights are a part of the program these powerful animals sometimes made ferocious by partial intoxication make a rough contest in other places such as hamadan the day is ushered in with a display of pyrotechnics from the housetops thousands of rockets and fusing jugs are set off the festivities extend over two or three weeks the bazaars are generally closed and business suspended all are bent on pleasure merry-making reigns supreme days are designated for visiting particular classes or wards of the city on the first day the official class exchange visits while the religiously inclined give the honor of precedence to the mudjahids on succeeding days the crowd moves from ward to ward calls are often an hour long about breakfast time noon a group of friends may unexpectedly enter and a new supply of pilaw must be served up quickly families that have suffered bereavement during the preceding year do not make visits but receive them serving to their guests bitter coffee and omitting all sweetmeats nor is this a pleasant time to renew old acquaintances make new ones and to visit both rich and poor without interfering with their business engagements i shall give an account of the visits made during one nora's season since they afford the best opportunity to become acquainted with the social customs of the people according to a custom in visiting men of rank we sent a request to the governor-general the former amir-i-nizam that his excellency might appoint a convenient time to receive us the governor's house in a group of government buildings was built in semi-european style with windows on all sides and faced with red brick he had two large reception rooms one furnished in persian the other in european style the persian room had portieres over the doors and was carpeted in the usual manner with a large centerpiece two canaras or side strips and a kala or headpiece the four rugs neatly covering the entire floor the canaras and kala were of soft ketcha or felt half an inch thick and the color of camel's hair with a simple figure bordered footnote the best of these ketchas are manufactured at yezid and hamadan a traveler mentions one the dimensions of which were one hundred and twenty by eighty feet it was transported from yezid on a line of camels for the palace of the minister of justice at teheran End of footnote. over these was spread for their protection a breadth of cotton cloth called rufarche at the upper corners of the reception room were divans consisting of mattresses and pillows and covered with the finest senna rugs on one of these divans the governor sat to receive persian visitors the other was reserved for men of high rank while other guests sat on the carpets around the sides of the room we had removed our galoshes and hats on being ushered in the governor in stockinged feet and with hat on received us cordially rising and shaking our hands to his salam alaikum peace to you we responded to you peace may your excellency's feast be blessed he replied may your favor be increased after being seated on chairs we inquired concerning his excellency's noble condition he replied in the customary phrase alham o allah praise god i am well but on second inquiry he declared that he was feeling ill and most of his conversation in the midst of tea-drinking was about his ailments he ended the interview by saying that he had a pishkesh for the doctor which proved to be ten imperials afterward we called on the belger beji or mayor he is of the dumbly family which have ruled in azerbaijan before the Qajar dynasty 
he has great wealth being lord of many villages all the guests in the saloon rose and remained standing while he led us into a special room furnished with tables and chairs a special feature of the room with a great number of gilded and illuminated firmans and honorary degrees from the shah framed and hung on the walls or placed in the niches according to custom tea was brought in in tiny glasses having handles of silver and placed on glass saucers the cupbearer served each person on an individual waiter of silver and in the order of the rank of each one as judged from the position of their seats he first offered tea to his master but he with a wave of the hand declined to be served until after his guests the tea was piping hot without cream and as sweet as a syrup on the waiters was a little bottle of shiraz lemon juice and sliced naranj grapefruit for flavoring it after a time the attendants reappeared one bore a salver on which were tiny coffee cups and holders the latter resembled in shape an egg cup they are sometimes chinaware and sometimes zedjin silver filigree of exquisite workmanship the other attendant bore a coffee pot he lifted one of the coffee cups placed it in the holder and filled it about two-thirds full of very thick black sweet coffee footnote sometimes sherbets are substituted for the tea or coffee these are drinks made of lemon plum cherry rose cucumber or other fruit syrups simpler forms are shanjabi made of vinegar and honey or aron a kind of buttermilk End of footnote. the kalian or water pipe was brought in and passed to us we declined with the phrase it is not our custom the host took a few whiffs and passed it to the guests in the saloon finally we said in the customary form of adieu will you command our dismissal he replied do you withdraw your graciousness if the host wishes to shorten the visit he can hasten these courses a visit to the kalantar the chief alderman showed us some different phases of persian life an hour's ride on horseback brought us to his place in the suburbs he had extensive grounds beautifully laid out with fountains and flower beds and shaded avenues in his greenhouse were orange and lemon trees bearing fruit one of his rooms was papered with chromos another with cuts from the illustrated papers he had a large household of retainers the kalantar was fond of religious discussion and familiar with the bible he had written a book in defense of islam against christianity his opinion was that paul undermined and corrupted the religion of jesus he found in the prophecy of habakkuk of the holy one from mount paran who drove asunder the nations a prediction of mohammed conversation on religion is habitual among the persians here there were set before us some choice sweetmeats among the favorite confections is gauze it is made from the juice of the tamarisk tree and has a delicious flavor which is increased by being mixed with pistachios another favorite is fig paste called ease of the throat this is variously flavored and colored among the candies popular in persia are sugared burned almond pomegranate jelly cut in little squares kolva a taffy of molasses and nuts brock candy and peshmak which is made of sugar and butter crystallized like snowflakes or thistledown and formed into pyramids cones and other shapes a very rich pastry sprinkled with sugar but without fruit is much prized their cakes made of rice flour and nuts with sheep tail fat and saffron flavor are rarely agreeable to foreign taste 
year-by-year confections are being improved by contact with Tiflis and Constantinople. The best sweetmeats are now made in the houses of the wealthy, and some of their ladies are expert in the art. At Nora's and other festivals, great conchas, footnote, a concha is a wooden tray, about two feet by four, which is carried on a man's head when a wedding dowry or a present of sweetmeats is taken through the streets. End of footnote. Of candies are sent in by the clients of the great, and the center of the parlor is occupied by a large display of them. It has lately become the custom to rent a large amount of confections for an occasion, only those being paid for which are eaten and the rest returned. These visits, together with others to molas, merchants and physicians, gave us considerable knowledge of the life of well-to-do Persians. The impression was gained that their manner of living is very comfortable. Their wealth is not great, but they have the conveniences and luxuries which the country affords, or which they think is necessary to import. Their houses are neither of marble nor of cut stone, nor do they have many of the charms of beautiful architecture. But the wealthy class in the cities have pleasant rooms, excellent food, fruits and flowers in abundance, troops of servants waiting their every beck and call, stables full of valuable horses, incomes easily earned, plenty of leisure for an afternoon siesta, and for social intercourse, many holidays and a disposition to enjoy them, and withal they have no reason to envy the far more opulent, contented plutocrats who under steam pressure and with lightning rapidity are bullying and bearing one another in the marts of civilization. New Year's calls on the poor of Persia revealed a striking contrast. We knocked at the outer door that the women might have a chance to conceal themselves. Bending low, we stooped down and passed under a long arched way, and entered a little yard with mud-plastered walls. The cavacana, or hall, opened into a half-underground room, in one end of which was a poorly made window covered with oiled paper, its cracks being similarly pasted over to keep out the wind. Its flopping, ill-fitting door was low, while the sill was very high, in order that the shoes may be taken off in the hall and not obstruct the opening and shutting of the door. The rafters overhead were unsealed. The furniture consisted of common carpets, gilam, a mirror brought with the wedding outfit, a copper basin and ewer, a small tea-urn and some glasses, and a callion on the lower niches. On the upper niches were a few bottles, and on the once whitened walls had been pasted some cigarette papers, caricature prints, and verses from the Koran. The host greeted us with a hearty welcome. You have done me a great favor. We replied, May your festival be blessed. May your house be blessed. He answered, It is a present to you. The other guests rose, placed their right hands first on their hearts, and then to their foreheads, and bowed low. We knelt on our knees on calico cushions, the weight of the body resting on the heels. The host, though his circumstances were straitened, was bright in conversation. A small boy dressed like a grown man entered, and we inquired, Who is this? He is your slave, he replied, which meant, He is my son. A dish of wheat was growing on the window sill, a symbol of the renewal of the year. A fish was swimming in the pan which called forth a remark from him that the fish always looked toward Mecca at Nora's. He placed before us a few candies, some boiled eggs, and pickled grapes. He had the samovar already boiling, and sat down beside it, washed the cups and saucers, 
and placed tea before us we did not decline to drink for the poor man would feel aggrieved he honored us specially by almost filling our tea glasses with sugar though he himself sipped his tea through a small lump which he held between his teeth and retained to sweeten succeeding sups what does the poor man have besides the things within sight his goods consist of a few rude dishes of native pottery a jar or two of pickled herbs and dried vegetables a flour bin some copper pots and a chest of clothing with his wages of a dime a day as a labourer or servant he must provide for his khadija and ismiel hussein and fatima he thanks god for the blessing of such a family but how do they live on such a pittance most of it goes to buy bread which with some salty cheese to give it taste or a glass of weak tea constitutes his breakfast his luncheon is bread and sour milk garlic or onions or some cheap fruit for dinner a stew of meat and vegetables highly seasoned with red peppers and onions a large quantity for a little meat makes his bread palatable lack of employment or high prices reduce him to bread and water in winter a few shakis worth of charcoal lasts the family a long while under the curacy in sleeping rich and poor alike lie on the floor the bedding which consists of a short mattress a round pillow and coverlets is folded up and placed in a recess by day in summer many of the people sleep on the roofs rising when the sun disturbs them the social habit which is so universally exemplified at noriz is a striking trait of the persian character one of the social institutions of great attraction is the tea-house the tea-houses are of various grades some are rudely furnished with merely a raised platform which surrounds the sides of the room and is covered with matting or carpet others have an air of comfort imparted to them by divans mirrors chandeliers etc with tea at half a cent a glass and one pipeful of tobacco sufficing for a crowd it is no wonder loafers seek them and business men make appointments in them the common pipe cigarettes and the kalian or water pipe are much used in the latter the smoke passes through the water and is drawn into the lungs lemon juice and other flavors are sometimes mixed with the water the ordinary kalian is about two feet high it consists of a vase capable of holding about a quart of water a top about the size of a goblet in which burning charcoal and dampened tobacco are placed a wooden tube which supports the top of the vase and a mouthpiece or stem about twenty inches long the support and stem are turned on the lathe in various ornamental designs the vase and bowl are of glass stone china brass or silver and are set with turquoises or other jewels and carved enameled and decorated with pictures of the shah flowers and similar objects another place of social resort and gossip is the bathhouse custom and religion require frequent ablations for the men with their dyeing of the hair and nails with henna scraping the flesh with tufa etc the bath is a frequent necessity and no less so for the women whose hair dressing dying of eyelashes etc require so much time and attention the bathhouses are below the level of the street so as to be supplied with water the arched domes are lighted through slabs of alabaster one may know when he is near the bathhouse by the long rows of colored towels hung on the street walls the fuel used is weeds thorn bushes straw dried manure bones carcasses or any other rubbish and the odor inside and out is sometimes very offensive the atmosphere of the vaulted room is very hot 
as in the case of the turkish bath the water in the plunge tank has changed only once in two or three months and is consequently a prolific breeder of disease the persian has few kinds of amusement his theatre is the takia or passion play of muharram his lyceum lectures are the dervishes on the street corner and the poets and marshikian in the residences of the rich singers musicians and dancers are adjuncts of weddings and other feasts the persian gentleman does not dance a prince seeing some european nobleman dancing expressed his surprise saying why do you exert yourselves so much in persia we hire people to dance for us no violent games of ball and no severe gymnastics are in vogue except for the polovans or wrestlers horse racing and hunting are favorite amusements chess checkers and backgammon are old and standard games cards are being introduced throughout the entire country and gambling is unhappily prevalent the custom of giving presents is universal a person returning home brings a sogat or present to each of his relatives and friends the custom is so binding that some men unwillingly go in debt to avoid a breach of it another stay away from home from inability to do what is expected of them gifts of dainties from the table of the first fruits from the orchard and of loaves of fresh bread are sent from friend to friend formal tokens of commendation from a superior are greatly prized the shah yearly sends a collat or robe of honor to each governor on the renewal of his appointment its bearer is an important official he is met by the governor at a villa called Kalat Pashan, where the latter puts on his robe. Its style and elegance indicate the degree of appreciation intended to be shown. It is a high honor for a royal person to give another a robe which he himself has worn. When the crown prince wished to show his appreciation of Dr. Holmes by presenting him with a robe of honor, he first wore it himself for a few days. Certain other presents may be regarded as taxes such are the large amounts sent by the governors to the shah at noruz of a similar nature are those sent to local officials by subjects and by foreign residents as a recognition of obligation for civil protection on the receipt of such a gift it is customary to give the bearer a sum of money showing appreciation of the gift and its sender fees tips and anams are very common pishkesh is a gift to a superior and is generally made with the idea of procuring an equivalent in cash favor or influence bakshish is a free will offering to an inferior end of section seventy seven this recording is in the public domain